My name is Skip Sims, Senior Vice President of Ann Arbor Spark. I also am the managing member of the Michigan Angel Fund and member of the Michigan Angel Community. It Takes Money is a series of podcasts featuring angel investors and experts who offer insight on how to invest in startups. In these podcasts, we'll discuss the many aspects of angel investing and why they're choosing to invest in Michigan. I'm happy to have with us uh, today Ken Kuski, who was the founding member, founding manager, well, the impetus behind the Blue Water Angels uh, up in uh, Midland, uh, Saginaw area. Delighted to have you here, Ken. And we want to, uh, you, you know, you've, when you started the Angel, Blue Water Angels, uh, you actually introduced a few new things to the Angel culture here in Michigan and new strategies, new way of doing things. We'll get into that in a moment, but why don't we just for starters tell us about Blue Water Angels. Um, great time to ask. This is our 10th year. Congratulations. Uh, so we made it 10 years. <laughs> hope I'll be here 10 years from now. I hope so too. I hope so too. But so uh, 10 years, uh, it went real fast because as we started to dissect what, you know, what we did when, who much, who got how much, the first two years we did one deal. So it took us a little while to <laughs> get, get our uh, sea legs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it began because there was a lot of uh, decay you know, throughout mid-Michigan uh, that the community wanted to do something about. So I had come back to care for some family members, got very involved with the university and with Dow on their entrepreneurial initiatives, uh, in Innovation Center, and, uh, working with this, the this Spark in, in fact, the first my first engagement with Spark was I was hired by MEDC to audit your you know, oh, really? your performance review. I think I remember yeah. that. Well, That's yeah, right. They, I forgot about that. They That's gave right. us these things. Yeah, you know, we could take notes, but we couldn't take them home with us or anything. And, you know, and so it all got <laughs> went back to the office. Uh, we entered it, and I said, well, "What happens if you got a low score?" And they said, "Well, you have to have 80 or something, you know, to stay." Well, you did way be you know you. Uh, phenomenal results but um but i asked but there's only one person we talked to <laughs> <laughs> right and they said well no one else wanted to apply with skip there <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair yeah. but that's but, but so i had the easiest job but <laughs> what was great though this is a uh, the state a year later called up and said that the, the auditors were there and they wanted to review my notes i said you guys destroyed them <laughs> But anyway, that was uh, so. I, I heard a lot about you be, before we actually met. And oh, good. Great. Yeah, great. <laughs> okay. So we got started, and in fact, uh, we immediately started working with you guys because you had that match program. Yep, the pre-seed fund. I think that's the best approach I've ever seen for the public sector. Mm -hmm. You want angels because they're spending their own money and they spend it differently. Yep, they, and they sure spend do. it smarter. Right. And Agreed. so, if the state's going to try to stimulate them go through and let them make those decisions. Yep. And it was a great program. We just didn't change, you know, didn't let it mature. We changed too quickly and that's politics, not, yeah. I, I think the people in the know all want to keep it. But, but so we, right, once we became part of that, we would write a check for 125. You'd write a check for 125. We were doing 250 rounds and it worked very smoothly. So we went from, you know, nothing one deal a year or something to a healthy four or five and today we do seven to ten uh, but we include in those follow-on rounds mm -hmm. so some of the monies to the existing portfolio and in fact two years ago we hit sort of bo rock bottom where 
we're really putting all our money into existing companies and none into new companies. You know, so it is, we're in the fall and we hadn't done a new, single new company. And that's really what we were trying to target to serve. Uh, the last thing I'll mention about our formation and, and what we're learning at the 10th anniversary, we uh, asked some students from the, the Saginaw Valley uh, to do a survey of our members and what did they like and what did they not like, and included people who had left the group. And, uh, and the most common issue that we failed on, we, we've done great on the financials, I'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, so we had great performance results for our investors, but they all said the piece that was missing was the com commitment to doing things locally, to supporting the local community. Hmm. You know, and that's, um, you know, I was always jealous of you guys. I could do that out of Ann Arbor with a billion dollars of research bucks coming right. out of U of M. Yeah. But when you get up into Midland, Saginaw, Bay City, Flint, uh, we don't have as much to build on. But it's uh, it's coming along. It's emerging. Mm -hmm. But so our, our uh, response to the 10th year reunion is we're having a big uh, celebration event that's tying all the economic connections together that support the ecosystem for us. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll have more deals to fund locally as we give it more support. Right. So, so how many members are you up to now? We have stuck around 45 current members. Mm -hmm. We usually have about 60 members, but we have some new members coming in and some leaving. Right. Uh, so 45 is pretty much the real underlying number, I think. Mm -hmm. um, we often do lar pretty large syndications, though. You You're very good at syndicating. Yeah. Yeah, we okay. yeah we we don't have enough, right. and, um, but you know that's a big concern. We'll talk, mm -hmm. you know, continue to keep some focus on is there just isn't enough seed capital for the startups, it's, and it's the that early family friends and fools that are gone, their money is locked up in retirement plans that's not accessible to us, and mm -hmm. I go and try to get the Merrill Lynch office or the Morgan Stanley money. You know, you got all these people helping with finances. Why don't they put money in with us guys? Yeah. And it's too risky, they say. Yep. Uh, and I say it's too risky without us guys. Oh, the, the overall economy. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, and the, of course, one of the challenges we have, and you know all too well, is that particularly in the Midwest, Michigan's not unique, uh, a lot of high net worth households, it's about capital preservation. Yeah. It's not that, taking that, that risk yeah. and investing in the economy. That, that's um, interesting, because we've talked to some of the community banks saying there've got to be companies you're not funding. And they said almost everything they're seeing are generational transitions now. Mm. You know, the mom and dad want to retire. Yep. They want the kids to take over the ranch, but they expect to have money. So the kids, you know, I mean, right. they didn't know that was part of the deal. <laughs> so there are a lot of people looking for money that way. And we're, we're using that as a bridge to say, well, you know, if you're going to take over the ranch, you're going to have to run it differently and more efficiently. And what? And, and we found some interesting stories like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the one we're most active in is a little too close to discuss right now. But um, but we're finding ways of guaranteeing debt, leveraging it, getting finding more ways to get that capital. Creative up. ways of financing right. deals. Right. Well, speaking of that, one of the things you did, I think you may have been the first angel group in Michigan to actually do this. Um, all of your investments were done through what are called SPEs in the trade, special purpose entity. Really, they're just LLCs right. that uh, you, all your members put money into a specific LLC that invests into specifically into one company. Right. You, you were kind of the leader of that. 
Well, it, it solved a lot of problems. And actually, I don't know where we got the, I think I got the, oil, the idea from some oil and gas drill guys hmm. in Mount Pleasant. Um, that they pool their money, they, sure, they, they create right. this LLC for them. And they taught us some ideas uh, about that. The LLC, can, you can abandon it, and this is like a dry well. Yeah. You can abandon it at any point in its life and take it as ordinary losses. And so having capital losses, you know, you, you end up with pretty quickly mm -hmm. uh, in the angel business. And so this, that is one appealing fact. The other had a lot more to do with governance and management. We, we have one voice to the company. Right. Uh, the company doesn't have 20 people, each with a different opinion about how the company should be run right. So we can be willing to provide a lot of support services, but it's funneled. So we don't overload the startup, give them confusing directions on go left, go right. You know, so it's, uh, I think it helps with the governance and the management process. The, uh, it, it reduces the tax exposure and some risk, but it also, um, and, and this I didn't realize until a couple of years in, when I'd go out to ACA, uh, we'd hear everyone complaining about the VCs. Mm -hmm. and, and they're supposed to be there to follow on and they're never there and they've got, you know, <laughs> they've got warts on their nose or something. Um, we never had that problem because we were one voice to them. So you go to the A round and we might get stepped on but if you're one investor as big as the A round, right? You know, so we have staying power, mm -hmm. um, and and so we've done a number of deals from from the seed round funding all the way through the IPO. Now the last big stages, they might be bringing on, uh, you know, multi-million dollar rounds now. Uh, so we might have less clout, but we're still at the table. Right. We're still part of the dialogue. Right. Which is very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. To protect so, that so, interest. Yeah, <laughs> the the one burden is you have to, the LLC has to do a financial statement, do complete its tax return, and do distribute the the position to the individual investors through K ones. Right. So those forms become a little bit burdensome when you have forty companies, but I think for the typical uh, investor, there there's no problem there. The um, the question of all passing losses back through the LLC structure also comes up a lot. And we usually fight that because, you know, if, if you pass those losses back, you're going to recapture them. Yeah. Um, you know, they, those losses, you know, you, you take them as a deduction. It, it's like recaptured capital. You, and that, that's always a nasty surprise. <laughs> right. There are a few surprises, but, you know, it's part of the deal. Yeah. Um, what else is, is, what do you think about our ecosystem and, and what's happening in, in our state? Um, there's good and there's distortions, but it's all pretty good. Um, the distortions, and I had troubles with a lot of the work you see being done in the state is being channeled and championed and prov provided by agencies at the state. So they're real super positive, super great, you know, everything's glowing and good and great. And I'm saying, yeah, guys, you know, Rome's on fire. <laughs> Burn me water. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think we started from a deficit beyond uh, anything I could imagine. Yeah. I mean, when I first came back to Michigan and, you know, from the 08 to, we were talking about that period of 08, mm -hmm. 09. Um, wow, you know, it was... It was rough. Yeah, it's, uh, the difference between, I was just out in the Bay Area again or in Houston and 
you drive around and it's like, you know when you vacuum and the floor looks so nice and fluffed up and you, and you don't want people to step on your vacuum floor, it's so beautiful. That's what the, the driving around these other towns are, you know, San mm. Diego is like, everything's like fresh carpet, new construction, it's, you know, and it's like, we look, we look like a Rust Belt. Um, we act like a Rust Belt sometimes, but I think that is changing, you know, and, and I think, um, I think Spark and the, the fact that the governor had a background and an understanding about, you know, what we are and what, you know, what we can do to help. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I think if we could be more honest with ourselves and not, yeah, you need to, I guess you need to motivate people because it is a pretty harsh environment and you don't want to discourage them. But, um, the, you know, you're seeing the trends. Yeah. Positive. Po oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm on board. I, two, two things. One, five years ago, seven years ago, I, when I came up here, I believed, and this is my experience, you know, when I had a software technology group in St. Louis, Missouri, which isn't known for its software or technology. Right. So I, I was having real troubles raising money. We had a final round that was desperate to keep track, keep us on track. And I couldn't raise money locally. I went out to Philadelphia where our other investors were from, couldn't get it. I finally went back to Saginaw and asked my dad and some of his friends to put it in. And that's, that's real commitment when you're, when you got your dad's friend's money in your deal, mm -hmm. you better do it right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And pressure's on. Yeah. But so I raised my cap off funds in Saginaw, Michigan. Which, wow. For a software development. In St. Louis. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I so I came in here with strong convictions that if you have a good program a good deal you can get money. Yep. And then I tried tried to help these people get money and there's there wasn't any. Uh, and so I've gone 180 degrees on that. There is no money. But and working around the country, I'm finding that that's the same in California as it is here. So that's not just a Michigan issue. You know exactly. That's that's the point I guess I would really like to make is Michigan is not unique. Right. Uh, we have a lot of our challenges are challenges everywhere. And uh, so we don't need to feel like we're a stepchild by any stretch. We just have the same challenges. Question is, are we going to step up and meet them? Yeah, and that's why you might over, you might be overly positive if, if you realize that we need a lot of motivation <laughs> a lot of the time. I mean, well, I'm uh, the eternal optimist. Yeah. I, I think we're heading there. I think, oh, we're I, there. I think we are. Yeah. I, I think you got to, yeah. one of the things we're thinking too, though, is work with what you got. Exactly. You yes, know, for I sure. Mean, it, you know, we have $100 million pizza businesses that started out as one store. That, and by the way, has more value. You got a pizza you want me to syndicate If you on? had, if you had invested in Domino's Pizza yeah. when they went public, the same day Google did, yeah. and you invested in Google, you have a greater return from Domino's Pizza. Really? You do. I love that. Yeah. I'll use that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, has been great. Oh, Thank you for pleasure. your time. Keep up the great Appreciate work. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thank we, you. We, we love what you're doing. Great. Thank you for taking time to listen to It Takes Money. For more of our podcasts, visit annarborusa.org slash podcasts or michiganangels.org. Thanks to the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation for making these podcasts possible. And let me leave you with this from John D. Rockefeller. It is a mistake to assume that the possession of money in great abundance brings happiness. Pleasure comes not from the possession of money, but from the ability to do things for others, which brings satisfaction.